Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us as always, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. And you can find the show on our website at thesecretteachings.info to stream and download all of the episodes you may have missed or you'd like to hear again. You can also search for the show on the many radio and podcast players. The show is monetized, so that means other advertisements are played throughout the different segments. If you want to get rid of those ads and find the best way to support this show and keep us on air Monday through Friday, visit our website at thesecretteachings.info and subscribe for the full show archive with montages, my digital books, and early access to the show. Plus, you'll also get a private RSS feed so you can still plug the show into your radio or podcast player. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts in particular, please leave us a review Let us and other people know what you think of the show. We just got on Apple Podcasts after years and years and years. So please help us out and let let us, let other people know what you think of the show. If you also want to let us know what you think of the show, you can email us again, rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. So it is Friday night, July 29th, 2022, and tonight... Normally, I have a theme or or sort of an idea of where to flow with the show tonight. I guess I sort of have that, but I'm going to, in the third, well, the second, third, and fourth segment tonight, I'm going to be having uh, our co-host on, Mike D., who will be joining us to discuss a little bit about pop culture, comic books, Star Wars, and some other similarly related subjects. And I was trying to think, how should I start the first segment tonight? Because Mike D is coming up here in a little bit. And we sort of have an idea of where we want to go go with the show. We actually have a a theme for the show tonight. But in this, this first segment, I really don't. So I was thinking, even as the intro was playing, how exactly do I enter into tonight's show? Where's where's the theme at for tonight's show in this first segment? And I thought maybe the best example of, of where my mind is, is to tell you a, a, br- a very brief story. A lot of you know that I've had tremendous computer problems. And the computer that I've been having problems with a couple of months ago, uh, I stopped using it because it didn't work anymore. So it's just been sitting here. And there's clearly something wrong with it. So I decided that I'm just going to call some pawn shops and see if I can get any money out of it at all. And I called one, I found one that said, yeah, even under the circumstances, we'd, we'd be uh, happy to take it. And I was a little bit surprised, but I, I saw that as a little bit of a blessing. So I went to the pawn shop and I brought in the computer and they looked at it. And uh, even with the problems, they gave me the market value for it, which was like a couple hundred bucks. Like It was like $180 and some change. So not a lot of money, but they uh, at least gave me something for it. And when I'm in there, they, uh, they, they had, you know, they, if you ever pawn something or you sell something, you want to show them that it works. They want to see that it works. So I, I turned the computer on and I had forgotten that I had wiped it and it, and, and created like a default account. So the account name is default 
And I was trying to think of the password. This guy comes over and he says, D- did you have a password on here? What can you tell us what the password is? And I said, I, I didn't think that I had one, but it, I mean, I, I can try a few passwords to see if, see if something works. So I did that and password ended up being default. And I thought, oh, that was kind of silly. I, I didn't just type that in the first time. So anyway, I got into the computer, long story short, and this woman comes over who works at the pawn shop and she says, so you, you got it all on. It's all working and everything. I said, yeah. She said, okay, let me see it. And I showed it to her and I said, well, let me, let's restart it together. And, and then you can type in the password. So this all is very, you know, uh, professional and, and honest. And she's like, okay, that sounds good. So we restarted it real quick and the password screen comes up and I told her, I said, it's the password is default. That's, that is the password. That's what it reset to. That's the password default. Pretty simple word to spell. It's not very complicated. Very simple word. I'm talking like, uh, I don't know, what would this be? Like uh, entry level and a spelling bee? D-E-F-A-U-L-T or just fault, F-A-U-L-T, and then put a D-E on the beginning. So it's a pretty simple word, right? That's, that's, I want to emphasize that. It's a pretty simple word. So this woman types in default, and she cannot get it to work. And I thought the first time she typed it in real quick, I thought, oh, she just hit the wrong button. Maybe she got the A and the U confused. So she does it again. Still couldn't get it. And I, the second time I'm thinking, really? You can't spell default two times? It's a mistake. But it just kind of, that thought just kind of washed over me. And then she tries it a third time and it doesn't work. And she said, are you, are you sure the password is default? I said, yeah. And I was being nice. I said, yeah, I just, I just did it a second ago. I, I could do it, but I think you guys should type it in to see that I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to scam you or something. I don't know. I'm just an honest person. Maybe I'm stupid. But she says, well, it, it didn't work again. She's like, let me, let me look it up. And I said, well, you don't need to look up the word default. I can spell it for you. Or if you look half an inch above where the passcode bar is, the, the, name of the, uh, the name of the account is default. I said, it's literally just copy and paste that into the password bar. So she tries to type it a fourth time, and she still can't get it. So she has to look up the word after I've told her D-E-F-A-U-L-T. After I've shown her on the screen, she did not know how to spell the word default. Now, I'm not faulting this person because she could not spell the word default, nor am I shaming this person because they could not spell the word default. What I am concerned with is that this is a microcosm of virtually every conversation and interaction, mostly conversations and interactions related to business and governance, that we run into collectively in the macrocosm. Not only did she not know how to spell default, okay, just a word that passed her by in her childhood. She had to look it up after I told her how to spell it, after I typed it in correctly, and after the word was literally on the screen in front of her, she still could not get get it to, to work. And I couldn't help but thinking, as I'm standing there, that this is literally idiocracy. This is like when we have the hospital scene in Idiocracy, right? And the the peop, the woman's behind the desk, and she she like there's no computer. It's just like buttons with symbols on them, like emojis of of what the symptoms are and what what is the problem, and just like nobody has any conscious awareness of what's going on around them. 
And what was it in Idiocracy? It was like there was like an avalanche of trash that killed a bunch of people because they didn't know what to do with the trash. Trash just kept piling up. If you spoke coherently and you articulated your words, they thought that you were demeaning them because most people just they, they had they had been reduced and devolved into grunts and slang and, and couldn't communicate or talk. They basically just d- d- defaulted <laughs> into, to, into animals. And this is something that I call my friends. I called my friend Mike, actually, who's going to be on the show tonight. Uh, he's been our co-host for like 10 years now. But I called Mike and I told him. And then I'm another friend of mine called me and was telling me something that, that he, was, uh, he was dealing with. He's moving and he was telling me something about his move. And he said, yeah, I tried to get the Internet changed over and they just he's like they were just completely incompetent. They could they could not figure it out. They overcharged me. The bill was wrong. Just everything is wrong. like nobody can figure out how to do anything. And I said, yeah, wait till you hear this story about the about the bond shop today. This is this is the idea. We talk a lot about the great reset. We don't talk a lot about the great default. And that's what I think is happening. I think, even without the Great Reset, we have relied far too heavily on certain types of technologies. Our culture has drastically shifted. In fact, our culture has actively retreated from responsibility, virtue, and all the other things that we would probably attribute to a divine energy or force that some would call God. Without responsibility and without the individual trying to better themselves, and I'm not talking about the bettering of yourself by going to college and getting a degree, worthless or not, and being indoctrinated into mostly left-leaning communist ideology at major universities which was part of the goal of the Soviet Union to infiltrate the American school system. But overall, there's this culture of idiocracy where people are defaulting to the most basic animalistic behaviors, responses to stimuli, communication, etc. When you have a word in front of you and you still can't spell it, this this not like this woman was was mentally ill or retarded. She was. She seemed to be a, a normal person. But there's four other people standing there. Nobody can figure this out. And I'm standing there thinking, these people are probably making more money than me working at this store. These people, at least they have a job. But th- how do they hold down this job? When you can't spell a word that's in front of you, I don't know if it's idiocy, if it's idiocracy, if it's stupidity, if it's retardation, or it might just be illiteracy. At some point, we're going to have to deal with the consequences of what happened in the last two years, and we're going to have to deal with the consequences of what's been happening in, quote, higher education for at least the last 10 years to the last 20 or 25 years. The last two years, we've seen illiteracy as a percentage of the population who cannot read or write explode in Latin America. 
We've seen it explode in Africa, and we've seen it even in places like Europe. We've seen illiteracy rise. After illiteracy and certain forms of you know, diseases have been essentially eradicated over the last 50, 60, 70 years because of new technologies, adaptations, and uh, societal progressions. Better education, not indoctrination, but better education, etc. But when COVID-19, the pandemic, began, people were not only afraid to leave their homes and they wanted to stay home or they wanted to force their neighbors to stay home or not see their family or friends. Everybody was terrified. People were also paid. They were paid to go along with the ruse. I'm not talking about hospitals. I'm talking about the average person who took that dirty blood money. And hey, no shame on you if you did. I was pretty close to taking that shameful blood dirt money myself. But those COVID stimulus checks, all that was was a beta test for your universal basic income, paying you not to care, paying you to live. And once you accept government payment for you to live your life, government wants something in return. They want your obedience. Culturally, when you mix in the element of entitlement, which is, I believe, in both media, entertainment, and in college, it is force-fed to younger generations to be entitled far beyond that of what the average teenager might, might feel or might express. So that you have people that are working at McDonald's, for example, California, I remember this one story in particular, people working at a McDonald's in California making $15 an hour, and they were demanding $24 an hour. Now, I'm not saying McDonald's can't pay those employees $24 an hour. I'm not saying that McDonald's should or shouldn't pay those employees $24 an hour. But I do think that when the policy is to force government, to force businesses to do what you want them to do, that's a problem, and it probably leads those policies and those ideologies, it probably leads to the conditions in which those businesses can't pay you what you deserve to be paid. Not only that, but we have a new form of affirmative action in business today. It's not about hiring African Americans or blacks. It's about hiring people who align with a certain political ideology. And God help you, even if you think you align with that political ideology, but you don't agree with all of it, then you're not in the club either. And the people that are being hired and the people that are taking the universal basic income and the people that are participating in the, I guess you could call it, it's basically an economic transition to one of productivity to a default of no productivity. And when I see the universal basic income and the massive entitlement and the biasness to hire incompetence for a number of different reasons, one, because people that tend to be, believe in more progressive, not liberal or Democrat, but more progressive Marxist ideology, they tend to statistically be proponents of atheism, drug use, alcoholism, promiscuity, trash. They don't really like there to be a nice, clean environment. That to them, that means fascism, you know, except their own environment. Their own environment gets, you know, needs to be clean in some cases. But generally speaking, any idea that the individual is responsible for their own actions, this is all part of some 
or so we're told, part of some patriarchal meritocracy where nobody is really fair. Uh, you know, nothing's really fair. Nobody's really equal. Everything is just, you know, it's fascism. That's why they have the, the anti-fascist movement. When, when you, you put all this together, something comes to my mind. There was something that I've talked about on this show hundreds of times, and I hope that there are some of you at home who look this up and see that I'm not making it up. One of the greatest economic and human rights disasters and violations in the 20th century was not the Holocaust, was not the Holodomor. It was the famine and the economic reset that occurred in China throughout the 50s and 60s into the 70s. Basically, what happened is after the nationalist movement and the nationalist revolution, the communists overthrew the nationalists in the late 40s. And what this led to was a total resetting of the Chinese economy. So a couple of things happened. Number one, the government decided that they could plan the economy. That means they thought they could plan what needed to be produced, what people would want to purchase, how much of that would be produced, how much of it would be purchased, because you'd have not only price controls, but you would have things like you know rations for certain products. And this wasn't just textiles and things that you buy for your home. This is just food in general and, and necessities in general. So what they did was... The Great Leap Forward began late 50s, early 60s. What happened is the government started demanding that a certain amount of grain was produced from each collective because there were no more family farms. There were no more individual units. There were no more individuals. Everybody was part of a, of a collective. Government starts demanding massive amounts of grain. A lot of that goes to the capital. And the government decides how to distribute it, meaning that your your, the fruits of your labor are not yours. You work for the collective, you work for the local cadre, and you work for the Communist Party. Mao is in charge. Mao Zedong is in charge. Political power comes out of the barrel of a gun, as he said. So long story short, what happens is the government keeps demanding that this is what's produced, but their policies to produce it lead to shortages, but then they don't admit that they're wrong, so they keep demanding even more pat themselves on the back, and over time, what ends up happening is there's not enough food to go around when otherwise there would have been, and people start starving. And this led to a 45 million person famine. 45 million people died. They also took people who were skilled in some areas, like farming, and they threw them into manufacturing, or people that were skilled in manufacturing threw them into farming. They took women who knew how to sew or knew how to do things around the house, and they threw them into hard labor. They mixed everything up. So even if you had skilled workers, you don't want skilled workers. You want people that really don't know what they're doing because then you can treat them like peasants and slaves and you don't have to pay them anything. And people are so confused anyway. It's like, why I'm a farmer. Why am I, why am I dealing with like components for machines? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but no, the communist party determined that you do know what you're doing. So they give you, they force you to take that job. So nothing is based on merit. Nothing is based on logic. It's total chaos. And you start producing things that are worthless. Not only worthless, but if they do have any worth, they don't last. They're cheap and they break. A lot of the world didn't want the exports of China. 
in the 50s, 60s, and 70s because it was garbage. I mean, much of it today is still garbage. They can mass produce, but if you're mass producing garbage, then it doesn't really matter now, does it? That's the Great Leap Forward. A Great Leap Forward over the 45 million dead bodies of the famine because of Great Leap Forward-like policy. Now, the Great Leap Forward is the Great Reset, or the Great Reset is the Great Leap Forward. The new circular economy they're talking about, that's the planned economy. And they're resetting not only economies and infrastructure, they're resetting humans to their default setting. And I think that's why when you watch new Star Wars movies and comic book movies and TV shows, and you might notice that the writing, the acting, even the production, I mean, I went to film school so I can tell the lighting, the audio quality, it's like everything is suffering because There can be no art and there can be no beauty, just like there can be no God in an atheistic system. The only thing there can be is the state and state-sponsored propaganda. That's why, like, every movie now has the production quality of a Fox News broadcast. Horrific. And we're going to talk with our good friend Mike D. about this tonight. I watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars limited series, and I got to tell you, I was a little bit confused of why the production and the visuals, why things were so bad. I just couldn't understand it. So I started talking to Mike and some of my other friends who watch this stuff. Mike has an idea of why that might be. And I think it filters in and out of what I'm talking about in the great leap forward, the great reset, planned economy, circular economy, and the elimination of art and beauty in the world, which erodes the soul. And creates a defaulted population that are unable to spell the word default. That are unable to communicate. And after a while, things start to fall apart because the resources we have don't last. The abundance doesn't last. We stop producing. Quality fails. And then the whole system collapses. And that's what I'm a little bit afraid of. We are going to have some fun tonight, though. Mike D. coming up here on The Secret Teachings. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Some nights we get a lot of emails, some nights not a lot. Please email us. I want to know what you think of the show. rdgable at yahoo.com. Please leave us a review on the Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. Check out our archive at thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe. Grab a copy of one of my books. If you do, it keeps us here Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. It is Friday, July 29th, 2022, and we will be back. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. 
Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us tonight in this segment and through the rest of the broadcast. My good friend and long-term co-host over a decade now, Mike D., is joining us. The name of tonight's show is May the Farce Be With You. And, Mike, I chose the name Farce because I feel that the word farce, it's not just a play on the word force. The word farce really describes a lot of what the entertainment industry and especially comics and particularly Star Wars and Disney have become. It's one thing to tell stories that are based on archetypes and mythology and things like that. It's another thing when Star Wars, for example, has essentially become a farce. A farce is a comic or a dramatic work using buffoonery and horseplay and typically including crude characterization and ludicrously improbable situations. And that is how I feel the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show uh, was really a it was just really a big farce. It didn't really make a lot of sense. And that might be interpreted that that, you know, that statement might be interpreted as, well, that's Ryan's opinion. And it is my opinion. But if we look at entertainment today, we look at Disney in particular. Everything seems to be a farce. There's very few things that are based on merit and uh, morals and even just good, clean 
script writing. Everything seems to be done to the lowest common denominator. And uh, I want to talk about that with you tonight on the show. Mike D., welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Fantastic. I wish I, I could have gotten the hours back watching Kenobi, but that's neither here nor there. Same here. Same here. Uh, total disappointment. I mean, that's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight. I just didn't want to focus exclusively on Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I think we could start there. I mean, I watched this this show because people had told me, oh, you got to watch it if you kind of like Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm watching it, and I'm just thinking, I, I lost interest like halfway through the first episode. And then by the second episode, I'm, I'm, I'm like reading something else while it's playing. I just couldn't even, it didn't, it didn't pull me in. And, I th- and there's, a, there's a lot of reasons for that that I want to talk about tonight. And I know that you kind of have a, a similar viewpoint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First of all, uh, yeah, people can say uh, that's your opinion on Kenobi and these Marvel movies and Lord of the Rings and whatnot. But uh, there's a lot, a lot of people out there with the same opinion, um, especially with uh, Kenobi, Disney, Star Wars, uh, the new Lord of the Rings, Amazon putting out all the recent Marvel movies. Uh, people are making a living uh, basically critiquing and dissing and breaking down uh, Disney Star Wars, Disney Marvel uh, on these different platforms. Uh, basically, you know, making a, a living, which they've done uh, continuously since Disney bought Star Wars uh, and Marvel. It's just a never-ending content, content for these creators on these different I, platforms. I, I honestly feel like if you let your dog... Like, I know you have a dog, Mike. If you let your dog walk across the keyboard of your computer, it, it, your dog could probably accidentally write a better script than what Disney is, is pumping out. Yeah, I totally. Um, and you're right uh, about losing interest in the, in the first couple of episodes, for sure. They were uh, written so poorly and drawn out so poorly that uh, some just uh, amateur guy, high school guy or college guy, took uh, all the seasons and condensed it to a two hour movie and cut out like a, a 25, 30% of the scenes. I think actually more and condensed it to two hours and put it out there on his own channel. And it got uh, rave reviews. Basically it still sucked, but it was palatable <laughs> since it was cut down to two hours. So and I, this is just a kid. This is, this is a kid. This is not a Disney <laughs> employee that's getting paid six figures. This is some dude in his bedroom. well i i don't want this so so here's the reason i bring this up i don't want this to be a a critique and i don't want this to be i mean it can be but the point of tonight's show is to look at this 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 idea this is a thought experiment this is what i call the great default and and I, i say the great default is a resetting of human intellect human communication and human common sense and I said in the earlier segment, just before you came on, that what's happening is very similar to the Great Leap Forward in China, which we now call the Great Reset, and now the circular economy is basically the old communist planned economy. It's basically the eradication of the means of production and manufacture and the replacing of production and manufacture with people and with ideas and products that are worthless that are people that are incompetent and it's not even the people's fault it's that the government tries to mandate what is produced etc but that also filters over into entertainment where we've basically eliminated merit in exchange for state-sponsored ideology 
And as a result, we're watching our future economically and our culture deteriorate. And so I think it's like, you know, the, the idea of art in all of its different forms, art has been now painted over, Mike, with Soviet realism and entertainment has been replaced by trite ideology, where something like Star Wars, which if you go back to the original George Lucas stories, were based on Joseph Campbell archetypes. That's why they were so powerful. The powerful female, the powerful male, the damsel in distress, the male hero or whoever the hero might be. And then you've got, you know, the dark father. I mean, Star Wars is a very literal black and white archetypical story. But and, and that's an easy story to tell, essentially, if you understand archetypes. But now they've taken something that was such a, a powerful thing for so many people when it first came out. And I mean, as bad as the, the first, second and third you know, movies were when they came out in the late 1990s, early 2000s, what they're doing now after Disney bought it is turning Star Wars into an absolute farce. It's a joke. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mike, I thought looked like it looked like a film school project. I, I just didn't think they could find worse writers. They just like they, they had to have found the worst writers, the worst production staff, the worst animators. Some of the stuff just didn't even make sense, even in the Star Wars universe. It looked like it was worse than a cutscene from a video game. And I just don't understand how you can put millions into this. And I mean, it's Star Wars. You should have your best people working on it. And instead, you're, you, they're just concerned with making these things to sell toys is what it looks like. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, back-end politics to the whole Star Wars thing. Basically, there's two guys, uh, Favreau, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Those two guys uh, did The Mandalorian, and they try to keep, uh, they're friends with George Lucas. They respect George Lucas. They respect uh, George Lucas's movies, and they try to keep true to that same engineer. Hence, you have the Mandalorian. It was which, pretty good. Um, I thought know, it was pretty good. It was, was pretty good. Exactly. There wasn't any type of uh, woke garbage in there. It was a, a pretty decent storyline. They gave redemption to Luke Skywalker, who, uh, you know, is a grandmaster Jedi and just showed how powerful he was. Not some a drunk hobo drinking blue milk uh, on an island somewhere. I so know, they I, gave redemption. I never, I ne- hold on a second. I never understood that. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. But I or comic book uh, guy for that matter, but I do know that Luke Skywalker is like Luke Skywalker is like the most powerful Jedi, maybe even ever, and yet they confined yeah. him to an island drinking blue uh, milk from these animals, and and the whole reason he was there was because he was afraid, which I thought you couldn't even become a Jedi if you hadn't conquered your fear. It made zero sense. Am I wrong on that? Total, total, total. No, you're not. Total, totally. Totally, the the last three movies have been complete garbage. The only one that kind of stayed true uh, was Rogue One uh, to the Star Wars kind of theme. Agreed, and that was Rogue One, um, and also uh, you know a sense of realism where you know if you're going to go to a mission that uh, you know is a fortified fortress, you're going to a lot of people are going to die, right? Which they did. In fact, all of them died. So yes, not uh, not a, not a, a show where uh, you can walk into some highly secure uh, building, uh, empire building and hide a little girl underneath your trench coat while you're walking past <laughs> Imperial soldiers and officers. We, we might have to, we might have to come back around to that. And I, I, for anybody who's listening, who have, who hasn't seen Obi-Wan, the, uh, the limited series, there may be some spoilers here, so you may want to turn it off, but yeah, I, I watched that and I thought, hold on a second. Didn't they just spend like five minutes of the of 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 one of these um, 
of one of these this, this woman was trying to get into this empire base and you know the the security guard wouldn't let her in so like security's really strict but then here comes obi-wan with little leia under his coat just walking out the front door i didn't understand that at all yeah it was so it was ridiculous it was just it was bizarre it was so i was but people i, I saw it with a couple of people we just started laughing because here's this guy that looks nothing like an imperial coat. He's like got an unkept beard. He's dirty, right? And he's and he's walking uh, with a a little girl underneath a huge trench coat. Like he has a big. Uh, I mean, obviously you can tell if you just glance at him that something's not right there. And he just walks by everybody like it's no big thing. At, at least, it's just, at least in the originals, uh, at least uh, Han Solo and if, if, excuse me if I make a mistake here, but I think it was Han Solo. And Luke Skywalker, at least they dressed as stormtroopers to wander throughout the base to find Leia. This time, you know what, just, Ryan? That would, have been, that would have been a much better idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think so? There's just a guy in a trench coat. There's a guy in a trench coat walking through the front door of a super secret Imperial base. Makes zero sense. And you know what? I'm not a I'm not a comic book nerd. I want to emphasize that. Not that that's a good or bad thing. I want to emphasize that because. I watched it, and I, I, I feel bad for the people that actually grew up with Star Wars and really like it because it's, it's a freaking insult, and it's an embarrassment, and they took something wonderful, and they've turned it into a, a pile of, of crap. Yes, yes, so, yes. So getting back, those, those two guys uh, you know, kept the, the Mandalorian on control and, and kept also a Kathleen Kennedy who is a, a high-ranking creative director. I don't know her actual title, but I know she started, moved up in the rank, and according to... At Disney? Uh, Iger uh, was a, uh, started off as uh, an uh, admin taking notes. But anyway, this lady is, is the one that walks around with the Forces female shirt on. Um, she, work, she works at Disney, and, though, right? She's high up in Disney. Yeah, she, work, yes, she works high up in Disney. Uh, basically was told by a Fabroni and Favreau to leave the, nothing to do with the Mandalorian. But um, she had everything to do with Kenobi. So you can see the kind of difference what's going on there, right, between the two shows. Oh, she also, yeah, yeah. So so this woman worked on Kenobi, and and she worked yeah. on some of these other movies. She did not work on the Mandalorian, and I mean, and, no. and, some, and like Rogue One. She didn't work on Rogue One either, right? No. No, that, that would make but sense. But she had her hands in uh, totally on Kenobi and also on uh, Book of Boba Fett, where uh, Fabro was originally doing it, uh, and then stepped aside to go work on Ahsoka, uh, another series that's coming out. And then she kind of uh, weaseled her way into the Book of Boba Fett. That's again another horrible uh, Disney project that we don't have to get into now. But it's just again, um, it's these um, these these scenes that are just so ridiculous where, you know, you have a lady, this is again, going back to Kenobi where she sneaks in, uh, to the, and she's actually wearing an officer's uniform. Now good for her, right? She's wearing an officer's uniform. She's part of the rebel Alliance, but to, uh, escape from being captured, she is uh, being escorted by two stormtroopers, and she actually smacks one stormtrooper on the side of the helmet, but, and the stormtrooper goes down, like a pile of brook, bricks, and she steals the gun from the other stormtrooper. I'm thinking to myself, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, I I remember that. I remember that scene. helmet. I remember that scene, and I was thinking, sometimes in movies it happens. Sometimes, and usually not in multi million dollar 
films or TV shows, but sometimes it happens. You just you get a kind of a bad incomplete scene, but you really don't have time or money to reshoot it. So you go with it and you can kind of tell when you're in the theater. But, you know, that sometimes they make it work with editing and sound. That was intentional, though. She literally taps this guy on the head and he falls over. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're you you wear a helmet exactly for that reason. It's not going to stop a lightsaber. It's not going to stop a laser blaster. But if you get hit with a rock or if somebody just slaps you upside the head, the stormtrooper helmet should should at least protect you from that. If not, the empire the empire needs to work on some new some new uh, armor. This is ridiculous. Yes, and then um, also um, I don't know if you remember this scene. Um, the blasters were the, the, the stormtroopers tracked Kenobi down and the girl down to that planet and they barricade themselves uh, in this area and it's these huge blaster doors, huge thick metal doors, reinforced doors that they close so uh, they lock themselves in and uh, so they're blasting it with cannons. And Is it a rebel so, base? Uh, well, it's just, uh, it's just a hiding spot for them to get off the planet. Okay. And so remember when uh, the Inquisitor Reva uh, the, the, the black chick, she walks over to the door. And so they're whispering, and Kenobi's on the other side of the door and they're whispering to each other and they can hear each other through these, through this, what, like mild blaster door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. I was very confused about that too. I, I mean, the, first of all, when they, when they brought uh, Leia in there, the little girl, and again, if you haven't seen this, there might be some spoilers, but I had, uh, I had a, I was a little bit confused. I had a moment of 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 thought where I'm watching this. I'm thinking, okay, first of all, they bring Leia in here, and she's got this little toy robot that the Empire, I guess, hijacked. So it goes in and it jacks into their system, and it locks the door that the ship came in through. So that when that happened, and they said like some Empire ship just arrived, Darth Vader just arrived. I thought, first of all, this is like a freaking. I, I now granted, I don't know the exact name of the ship. But it looked like a pretty big ship. I'm pretty sure it was some kind of destroyer. They didn't have the firepower to blow that door open. And then about 30 seconds later, yeah, Obi-Wan's talking to this Inquisitor lady through like, a, it's like a nuclear blast door that they can't, they can't even open it with laser cannons. They brought off the Empire ship, but they're whispering to each other through the door and they can hear each other. Not even like a comm. You'd think they, they would add a comm in there. There's not even a comm box. It's just whispering through a 10-foot thick door. It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then, uh, then again, with the lady in the Empire uh, the Empire officer's uniform, when, so she's already in this secure facility dressed up as an officer, right? So right. She's got to right. get Kenobi in, right? So uh, he, she's directing him to swim underneath uh, the thing and get inside and then directing him where to go. Now she's doing this while she's sitting at a desk with uh, other Imperial officers right next to her. And she's like talking into the microphone to him, telling him where to go. And none of the, none of the people can hear or see what she's doing. <laughs> it, it's like every single opportunity that they had to make it unrealistic and to remove, remove you from the story and the characters, they took it. I, I, you had they had to have either hired people who knew nothing about Star Wars or they hired people who were just totally incompetent at their jobs. I think this is honestly, I don't know who these writers are. 
I don't know if they're being instructed to write things this poorly or if the writers are actually good and the director's terrible or whatever's the producers are terrible, whatever's going on. Because I don't think all the actors are that terrible, but you know, it, it also, I mean, I went to film school and I know that, and I never thought it mattered, but yeah, directors matter and writers matter. And if people aren't working together or if there's one group of people that have an ulterior motive, then it doesn't matter how good the acting is, it still might suck. So it's like they, they either intentionally tried to make it bad or this is a result of Disney's new affirmative action policy and that is to not hire people with an English background who know about grammar and storytelling but to hire people based on the color of their skin or their sexual orientation who you know maybe they're a, maybe they're maybe they are a good writer but instead of being a writer they get thrown into being a a, a production assistant like it's very communistic in the way that Disney is is now hiring and producing films they hire people not based on merit. It's like a lot of companies. They're hiring people based on their sexual preferences. It makes zero sense. I don't know. What does that matter? Hire people who know what they're doing. Yeah, totally. Uh, total, total farce. Um, but, but you know what? I, you I, know, they, were pump, they were pumping out. And no, 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 no disrespect to the actress who played Reva, the, the black uh, lady inquisitor. She had a role to do. You know, you, you don't make up your own lines. You're basically instructed how to portray the character and what to say. And um, you know, she's getting a. She can really get a bad rap from some Star Wars fans because Star Wars fans understand that she's just an actor, and they don't hate the actor for playing the role, but they they hated the the character of Reva. Yes, where she was this, you know, super powerful uh, inquisitor who. Um, you know her whole her whole deal was to try to um, to get Kenobi to lure Vader to them for her to ambush Vader and kill him. It just it just makes no sense because as the Inquisitor, uh, she could have attacked him at any time uh, because they had you know in the in in the series they had a couple meetings together, right? So why did she even have to hunt down Kenobi to bring Kenobi to him too? It just it just it was just bizarre. It's just it, it totally was written by uh, like a, just right out of hacks college kids right out of school. Yeah. And um, you know, spent, still spent some money on it. Not as much as they spent on the Mandalorian, as you can tell by the, just the graphics of Kenobi. But um, you would think that they would, right. Knowing that Kenobi was a central part of the trilogies and, and the sequels, yes. the prequels, I should say. Uh, you would think that fans would want really something of high quality, high script writing, and you throw everything at it, you know, to try to get that Disney Plus descriptions. I, I, I don't know who greenlighted this, but uh, obviously they lost a lot of money because the merchandising for, again, Kenobi has been super, super poor. Um, who's this woman again? That, who's this woman again? The Kath, was it Kathleen Kennedy? Kathleen Kennedy, yes. But she did not have her fingers on The Mandalorian or Rogue One. So that means that no. they they clearly have writers and directors and producers and actors and actresses who all work together well enough to make a quality film, especially a quality Star Wars film. And, a, and a, I mean, I don't think it was the best in the world, but Mandalorian was, was a much better show, I thought, than Obi-Wan Kenobi. So w- when it comes to this Obi-Wan series... It has to be intentional that they're making it this bad because clearly that's not all the Disney movies once they've acquired Star Wars. It's just some of them 
And those are the ones that are controlled by like a small group of Disney employees. That seems very suspicious. Right. Yeah. And then just as you were speaking about uh, in the intro, you know, this is more than just a poor script writing, poor acting, uh, poor character development, poor special effects. Poor, horrible special effects. <laughs> it's more effects. than that. It, it's more than that because what they're doing in these movies is first off, they're taking iconic uh, figures in, in these movies and killing them or making them weak. Um, again, the same goes to Kenobi where um, he's hiding, right? Another scared Jedi hiding actually loses his Jedi powers because he hasn't trained uh, in years, right? Uh, so this is set five years after, uh, you know, the Empire took control. So he's been hiding out in the desert for five years. Uh, again, I guess by episode, what, three or four, he got all his powers back to fight uh, Vader. So there you go. I, I guess that's how it works with the Force. You can not use it for five years and not train or <laughs> meditate, whatever you do, but you can just immediately get it back after a couple days. So, well, but anyway. Well, hey, if you're if, the, if, if you're Ray, you don't have to train at all. You just have them instinctually. Right. You, yes. You just handed a lightsaber and you can you can defeat a, a, a trained Sith at any time. It's just... Uh, but again, it's the break. Again, I'm looking at this too in different angles too, and it's the breaking down that male archetype where you got this little girl Leia actually like bossing Kenobi around, you know, um, oh, and yes. uh, where yes. she becomes the focal. She becomes more the focal point rather than the whole thing about Kenobi is he's sent to this Tatooine desert planet to watch and guard over Luke Skywalker. Right, that's his whole job. That's that's a job there. <laughs> but now he's looking after Princess Leia, and I mean, good for this little girl that got the job. But I, Jesus, I mean, the way that they wrote it was like pretentious and bratty, and it didn't. It was like it's just, this was like a Disney character, like a Disney TV show where the kids like yelling at the parents and making fun of the parents. It was like that put into Star Wars. I, I didn't understand why Leia had to be so pretentious and bratty and how she's pushing Obi-Wan around. And this might just sound like two people that are like just Star Wars nuts here, but I, I like I'm not. I just I watched the the Obi-Wan series and just like I watched, you know, pretty much all the other Star Wars uh, things that have come out from Disney. And it, it, there's just something strange about how some of these films and TV shows are good and others that are controlled by the same people like this Kennedy lady they're they're just absolutely atrocious. Like somebody's trying to make them really, really bad, really, really bad. And right. it just right. re it reeks of Soviet realism. It reeks of trite ideology. It doesn't reek of like quality production and the intention to make something based on a good story. It's like it's it's like giving us a. It's giving us something else to think about. Star Wars is secondary. They're just trying to shove these characters and ideologies. And yes, I think you're 100% right. They're trying to mess and tamper with the archetypes. And I think that's probably ultimately why it's, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's no good. Because those things are, are natural, instinctual. We've known them from time immemorial. And if you start messing with archetypes, humans just don't, I don't care anymore it's just not there it's not it there's no i can't make a connection with it because it's totally alien oh right yeah you're totally right i think after um the mandalorian actually the book of Boba that came before kenobi 
Disney Plus just lost a bunch, a bunch of with Boba Fett uh, subscribers. Yeah, uh, because another thing that's uh, you know this was uh, part of the internal back, uh, back, back, you know, house things of Disney is that. Um, so they had this uh, Rodriguez guy who's directed some some decent movies in the past. I mean, he worked on Boba Fett, but we got sure we got less. Somebody, we got less than a minute here, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah. So he uh, put into the script where uh, for Boba Fett that this biker teenage outlaw gang would be riding these like colorful like Vespa uh, <laughs> motor <laughs> motorbikes, <laughs> and so he showed that to. Uh, Fabro before Fabro left, and Fabro said, "No, no, I don't want those those vehicles, uh, those bright blue, uh, red, pink uh, vehicles in 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 in, in on Tatooine. This makes no sense." So when he left, he took it to Kennedy and said, uh, "Well, Fabro said that I can, you know these aren't we can't have these in the script." And she's like, "No, no, no, put them in there. That's good." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it is trite. It's completely trite, and it's just all it's a it's. It's a farce. May the farce be with you. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Mike D., my good friend and co-host of 10 years with us this evening. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email R gable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info this is linda godfrey author of monsters among us and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio release the kraken you could listen to this and again you know people say david has no evidence david has no evidence i hate this channel or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself ryan gable five nights a week on ground zero radio join us to explore the outer limits of history symbolism parapolitics and more We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo 
and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. If you enjoy this show and you'd like to hear more of the secret teachings or if you missed some of tonight's show or another show, you can listen on any of the radio podcast players that you might listen to those radio shows and podcasts on. Search the name of the show or find our archive on the website. But you'll have to get rid of those monetized ads uh, if you don't like them. So you'll have to go and subscribe to the main archive on the website. So basically, there's a free archive with monetized ads. I don't play those ads. That's all in the algorithm. My archive without the ads is going to be on the website at thesecretteachings.info. You get access to the show, the montage archive as well, and digital copies of my books. Plus, you'll also get a private RSS feed to plug into one of your apps to listen to the show. If you're having trouble listening to the show on, let's say, TalkStream Live, for example, the best way to listen is always ground zero dot radio. That's ground zero dot radio. Also, the Aftermath app as well. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Mike D., my good friend and co-host of about 10 years, a whole decade, is with us this evening. And we're discussing what I'm calling the Great Default. The Great Default is a resetting of human intellect, communication, and common sense. I think it's really sad that a lot, a lot of, like a huge part of our, our world seems to have adopted a mindset that is focused on squandering intelligence and squandering inheritance and abundance and now a raging entitlement and pseudo intellectualism promises to eliminate all inequality by thrusting everyone into a state of poverty and with the elimination of merit in exchange for state-sponsored ideology and propaganda we're watching both our future and our culture deteriorate rapidly and one of the things that suffers as a result of that is art. Art has been painted over with Soviet realism. I mean, real literal art, like paintings and statues, the ones we, of course, don't tear down and burn. And entertainment in all of its forms, music, TV shows, movies, you name it. Entertainment has been replaced by this, this just jaw-dropping, trite ideology that doesn't make any sense, that turns everything upside down, that destroys archetypes. You know, the reason that movies 
and stories like Star Wars were so good, Mike, is because if you watch any documentary about George Lucas, Joseph Campbell said George Lucas was one of his best students because George Lucas fundamentally understood the archetypes, understood the the Jungian personalities, understood psychology and understood how the male and female forces, both sexual and otherwise, worked and how to place those into a story and how to place those into a script and how to put those on a silver screen. And when you abandon those tried and tested rules and laws of the archetype and the story, and you replace it with this trite ideology of political correctness and basically state-sponsored propaganda based in Soviet realism, which is a form of art that just destroys reality, you get abominations that take really cool, really awesome, really, for, for a lot of people, not myself because I'm not that old, but for a lot of people, they grew up with Star Wars much more than I did, and they take something like Star Wars and just turn it into an abomination where you have Rogue One, which was, I thought, really good. And then you had this three-part Star Wars series where Luke Skywalker, the most powerful Jedi ever, is living on an island uh, because he's afraid. And it doesn't make any sense until you realize, oh, it's not just stupidity. They did that, just like with this new Obi-Wan series, they did that because they're attempting and apparently succeeding to destroy the male masculine archetype. And that is a terrifying thing. And I think that's why, because there's no balance. That's why things like Obi-Wan, like I watched The Mandalorian, it kept me hooked. I wanted to see more. Obi-Wan, I was out after about 30 minutes. I was like, what, what am I watching? I ended up watching the whole series, but I think that's really the core of it. The archetype well, of both the male and female, but especially the male. And I'm not talking about just like men and women. I'm talking about the fundamental yin-yang forces, the yab-yum forces of nature. You're tampering with those and nothing good is coming of it, especially not art. Yeah, well, like we said, the force is female, so there you go. What does that even mean? I, I don't understand that. How's the force female? The force is in everything. How can it just be female? That doesn't make any sense. Totally doesn't make any sense at all, uh, considering that uh, back in Return of the Jedi, when Vader told Luke that if he can't turn, maybe his sister can, uh, can or will, she'd say, knowing well that she had the Force power in her and she's a female. So there, there's nothing in any of the movies that said that the Force is a male. And it's just, why would you even wear that shirt? It's just uh, so bizarre to me. This woman is just a cancer to Star Wars. Well, let, let, uh, let, let the listeners know who this woman is if they're just joining us. What woman is this? This is a, an executive Kathleen at Disney. Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, Kathleen Kennedy. She's a high-level... Uh, she has her mitts and everything. I mean, in some of these things, she's she's credited as the producer uh, when she's not. Uh, some of them she is. Uh, it's just very... It's even if you, if you go to these sites, it's like she's like... Uh, you know, she's up there, the head of Star Wars. Um, but um, in some of these films, she's given credit as the producer when she did nothing to it. And in some of them, she's she's given uh, pro uh, producer credit where she did the, you know, the whole thing. It's just very bizarre. This woman is just like, uh, has basically destroyed Star Wars, you know. Since, uh, you remember Han, Han Solo, the, there was a solo movie that came out for, uh, 
for just Han, for Han Solo. It's funny how I said that, but you know there was a uh, a movie, the Han Solo movie, and she was uh, she had her hands in that. Uh, oh, I that saw was, that. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely horrible. It's not very good. So that was her. So she had her hand in Han Solo. This is Kathleen Kennedy at Disney. Han Solo, Obi Wan, the limited series, and what was the Boba other Fett. one? And Boba Fett. Boba and, Fett. And all. Yeah. Of, now, I mean, if you liked those, if you're a listener and liked those, I'm, I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying that if you look at the quality of those compared with The Mandalorian or compared with Rogue One, which this lady at Disney did not have a hand in, you clearly see that there's some intention to destroy the fundamental foundation of both Star Wars and of human nature and psychology, as opposed to just let's just tell a story and use these characters and it'll sell itself. But let's at least put some effort into it. And the only effort that, that this Kathleen Kennedy is putting in and, and all the people that work for her is apparently an effort to destroy archetypes, to destroy human nature and psychology and to produce the most trite garbage that's ever been made by Disney or any other production company. It's, it's awful. Yes. Even going back to, to Han Solo where they had made Lando out to be some, um, caravanning, uh, robot effort. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that. Oh, I did. Where, I did. Yeah. And then put him in so flashy clothes where his sexuality is in question is maybe Lando is bi. You know, it's just, it's beyond. Well, you want to hear beyond. something? You want to hear something really interesting? I just read this story a few hours before the show tonight. This is from the New York Post. New Star Wars book suggests that Obi-Wan Kenobi is bisexual. So I guess everybody in Star Wars is bisexual. Obi-Wan Kenobi, according to this article and according to this new book, a young adult article, a young adult novel, and it is, uh, it's portraying Obi-Wan Kenobi as bi. I, I don't really care if Obi-Wan Kenobi is straight bi. Or I, that it never occurred to me when I watched Star Wars. I wonder where, Obi, well, where does he like to stick it? I don't care. Show me a powerful yeah. character with good writing. I don't care about his sexuality. Exactly. I guess that's uh, you know that's got to be okayed by Disney. Um, yeah. So I guess Disney is okay with that. I guess, well, we you know we know that anyway. But you know. Well, I. Well, I, hello there. I, maybe his catchphrase now is a little different. Where he's like, <laughs> "Well, hello there, hello there." I don't really understand how. Like I watched. Let's look look at Lando for for example. You look at like the original Star Wars. You've got, I mean, you had uh, Lando Calrissian. Who's that? Billy D. Williams. Ladies man, the ladies man. I mean, he was hitting on Leia at uh, and Cloud City with hand right there. <laughs> yeah, he was. Who played? Who who played Lando? Was it Billy D. Williams? Yes. Okay, so so that I mean, I'm not looking for racial character archetypes here, but I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, Lando, perfect. I thought I thought Billy D. Williams played a good part. But if we fast forward to the new Star Wars movies, uh, John Boyega, horrible actor. And people made that about race. It's like, no, it's not a race. It's he's a horrible actor, a terrible actor. And then people say, because I, I did a show on this at the time, people say, well, that's just a racist statement. I said, well, I also didn't like Adam Driver, Kylo Ren. This is the most uh, that was even almost worse than 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 the black stormtrooper. I don't care what color their skin is. They're terrible actors. I mean, I didn't necessarily like the new movies. But at least Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley knew how to act. Oscar Isaac knew how to act. These other people are horrible. 
Hire somebody else. Jesus Christ, it's your main villain. He looks like an eight, like not even an 18 year old, like a 16 year old emo school kid. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, the, uh, exactly. I mean, if you're a good actor, you can almost kind of sometimes take the lines and what you're given and make the best out of it. But if you're maybe a mid level actor and you're handed that script role and there's really, you don't know how to wait a way to make that character stand out, even given the lines that you're given. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe it's just not a good fit for the role. Like this, right, for instance, right, right. the Kenobi, uh, the Reva actor, nothing against her act, acting. Moses but Ingram. For that part, yeah, Moses Ingram, for that part and for that role, it was, it was not good. I mean, I, you know, when she yells out, Kenobi, I was like, I just started <laughs> laughing. It was just so horrible. And then here she's going to torture a little girl uh, to get information from, from her. You know what I thought? What's up with these Disney movies and like child torture? It's very weird because she was going to strap her. Uh, remember, she was going to put the strap her into that torture device yeah. before Kenobi saved her. Well, she was ruthless. She was trying to get what you know. It, it's female empowerment, Mike. Whatever she has to do. And then she was going to go to. She remember at the end she goes to the desert and she's going to go kill little Luke Skywalker, but then yes. she changes her mind at the last. <laughs> Yeah, very a very confused character, just like the the very confused producers and writers who made this thing. Now, I again, uh, there may be some spoilers in tonight's show for the Obi One limited series, but there were a lot of things in this series that, even though I'm not a, a huge Star Wars fan, just you know, enjoying cinema and enjoying a good story, I, I sat down to watch it, and I and I could yeah. I couldn't help but think throughout the it was like I could have made a list as I watched it. I'd have ran out of paper probably just like all these. And I, and I went to film school, so that might be part of it too. Just things that just did not make any sense in the star Wars universe, in our universe, in, you know, in, in human psychology, in any, it doesn't, none of it made any sense. It just, I don't get how they, they made every character just seem abnormal. Like nothing really fit together, you know? Yeah. I mean, and then you're going to have, you know, police on the red hot chili peppers as one of the kidnappers a horrible actor <laughs> he's a he's a musician i was like what is this guy doing in here i was like oh my god this is so awful well, they should have got tom but I almost, Tom, yeah stars academy uh co-star you have his own uh, ship they should have had a wilcock in there as one of the aliens <laughs> yeah get david wilcock in there absolutely he could be in the galactic Fe- confederation or whatever it's called with uh cory good absolutely yeah, then after he'd leave the show, he'd, he'd set up like a website showing you how to use the Force for uh, $666 if you download it. You can teach yeah. how to use the Force. Yeah. But, um, no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, you know, this is more than just a critique of uh, a series. Again, it's yes. the, yes. the breakdown of, the, of, of Kenobi looking like a, you know, a simp, you know, uh, hiding out in the desert, then, you know, getting his, getting his, uh, his gusto back, but then, Abandon again, then abandoning uh, his main focus, which is Luke Skywalker, more so lean, leaning towards Leia. It's just, it's just bizarre. Did you think, from 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 a Star Wars story and background perspective, did you think that the Princess Leia character, this little girl, the Vivian Lyra Blair, do you think that her character, not her acting, but her character, was written well? Like, I just didn't get Princess Leia out of it. I got like Disney Channel brat. 
Well, what they tried to do is try to, like, in the George Lucas movies, uh, Princess Leia is, like, a hard, stubborn, hard-nosed. Yes, yes. You know, she, you know, she wouldn't tell Vader, uh, lied to Vader where the plans were, you know, kind of stuck at the hand a little bit when he was trying to get with her. Um, actually killed, ended up killing Jabba the Hutt. Um, uh, again, showing the power of the female, right? Yes, yes. Without having to do it like these later movies where they stick it in your face. Luke Skywalker didn't save her uh, on that uh, Return of the Jedi. She saved herself by choking uh, Jabba the Hutt out with a chain. So they tried to give this little girl... But how can that, but you, you get that kind of way through years of growing up, right? And years of experience to get kind of that hard edge to yourself, right? Yeah. So they gave it to the little girl as a little girl with before life experiences. And that's what rubbed you the wrong way because she's, she's got, she, they tried to make like, you know, a 20 year old Leia into like a, a 10 year old and it just, it didn't work. That's she a, doesn't have those life experiences point. to make her you know, uh, that way yet. Now, that's a fantastic point. In fact, um, when I, when I was, when I was watching Obi-Wan, I know that was the first thing I noticed. And then as the, the, the series went on and after I got into, I don't know, episode three, I kept thinking to myself, why do I keep clicking play? Why am I binging this? <laughs> and I thought, oh, we'll turn it into a show, but I'm watching it. And just little things that didn't make any sense. The striking of the stormtrooper up against the head that apparently <laughs> knocked him until next week. It was like literally a tap on the head and the, this guy just hard. He goes down hard. Uh, yeah. I, that, I, 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 I watched it only, I watched it to, you know, I, the same with you, the first three episodes, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is <laughs> awful. I, I, I wonder if it's going to get better. And that's, that was my whole reason for watching <laughs> the rest of it. And I said, I want to see what, what I want to see what this Vader fight with, uh, with Kenobi is going to look like. Right. And then hence it was, to me, it was a total disappointment because, um, again, it was that shaky can, a shaky camera, uh, darkness, uh, where it was just, uh, I, I didn't think it was choreographed. Well, um, some of those angles, they were coming in. It looked like Tekken or something. It looked like a video game cut. <laughs> yeah. It was like that shaky camera style. I, I just don't like that. I like the classic kind of clean, uh, you know, lightsaber battles of the past, uh, and even the prequels, not this, uh, I mean, this is subjective now what I'm speaking of, but I thought it was just too dark also. It's just, and then when he, uh, you can talk about all sorts of different kind of, uh, you know, when, uh, 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 that lady starts to fire with the, with the laser shot. Right. And, uh, Vader can't, I guess, cross fire or use the force uh, beyond fire. So Kenobi gets away when that first battle happened. Yes, uh, with them. I don't know if you remember that, but it, I, I it, do. None of that made any sense. <laughs> and then uh, Reva enters the tunnel when the little girl's backtracking, but all of a sudden she ends up in front of the the little girl. It's like, well, how'd she get? In, how did she get in front when she was from behind? It's just. It just made it just made it was just total poor, so for, poor writing. For anybody who hasn't watched the new Obi Wan series, or if you're planning to watch it, uh, there will be some spoilers here probably. If if you're not planning to watch it, and and you think that Mike and I are just simply having a a friendly conversation about what we thought of a TV show, um, it's not that's not how this broadcast works. We're discussing this for a number of reasons. One, because there's an underlying or overarching theme 
of destroying both, I'd say, male and female archetypes. And in the Star Wars movies and TV shows where you don't have that, they're actually good. And the ones that you do have that, they're usually pretty horrific. And it's the same woman, Kathleen Kennedy at Disney, who is responsible for them. The other thing is, when you're watching this, like, again, I went to film school. So I've seen some really terrible independent, like, people. And I've seen some good ones, too. But we're in film school. We're learning how to do things. That's what Kenobi looked like to me. It, it looked like maybe a step above film school. It just looked like they didn't put a lot of money into the graphics, which maybe would have made it better. But it looks like they never even wrote a second draft of the script. It was just like, yeah, uh, we'll have the Inquisitor and Kenobi talking through a nuclear blast door. They'll be able to hear each other. And I'm, I'm watching it thinking, what what am I? They couldn't even put a comm box there. So they're talking through the comm box. They're just they're whispering. They're whispering through a, a, a door. And then they bring a giant laser cannon off of Darth Vader's ship, I think it was, to blow this door open. And they still can't blow the door down. So they can't blow it down with a laser cannon. But somehow Kenobi, maybe he was talking to her through the force. Yeah. Exactly. And even the flashback uh, battle scene or training scene between Kenobi and Anakin where uh, they didn't spend the, the money even de-aging uh, Hayden Christensen uh, <laughs> correctly. He looked like a 40-year-old, a 18-year-old. It just, yes. yes. It, it, it was just, it was bizarre to me. I was like, wait a minute. He looks nothing like uh, what he should look like. He looks old. He's much older. It's like they kind of, it was, it was so bizarre it was like did anybody watch that like is there any kind of like checkers like quality checkers i'd say yeah, this doesn't look right because he still looks like he looks like a an aged 18 uh, year old it, it doesn't it, it looks, <laughs> looks weird that's that's the issue and it's not just with star wars that's the issue i have with with most entertainment now it's like it's done it's produced it's made for the lowest common denominator which unfortunately seems to be enough people who are in the lowest common denominator, if you will, uh, who will buy and watch and subscribe and support these things. So they don't really put a lot of money into it or a lot of effort into it because they know it's going to sell regardless for one. And because a lot of it, I, I truly believe, is subsidized to promote these anti-archetypical agendas that are intended to just absolutely obliterate and destroy uh, basic human nature and the things that we've, uh, you know, we've loved since we were kids, whether that's Star Wars or whatever it is. And then, you know, today, the, the story about Obi-Wan Kenobi is actually bisexual. I mean, at this rate, the entire Star Wars universe is going to be homosexual. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. If everybody's homosexual in Star Wars, there won't be Star Wars because there won't be any planets because there won't be any kids. Unless they're grown in a laboratory. Exactly. exactly. And this kind of perversion, like, again, seeps its way into the whole veneer of uh, sci-fi uh, superhero because you have, um, again, Disney control of Marvel, right? So you have these, these show, these, you know, in the beginning it was the Avengers, you know, the guys at the Black Widow, blah, 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 blah. And then as we go on here now, with these Disney Plus shows, you're seeing the the breakdown of the male character. For instance, Hawkeye had his own series where, you know, he's kind of old and beat up and blah, blah, blah. Then he has a kind of a, a young female protege who is going to take over his position. And then you have also She-Hulk that just came out. 
uh, trailer where uh, She-Hulk and the Hulk are both in it, and she's basically, you know, more agile, you know, than Hulk, uh, smarter than Hulk. Uh, again, you have this, again, female-dominating aspect. Uh, it's just very bizarre. And it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be that way. Do you remember, uh, you didn't watch a lot of Star Trek, do you remember an episode called Angel One? No. It's about a planet that the Enterprise, they come across a planet that's entirely run by women. It's like all women and the men are in this. I guess there's like a, there's a bunch of men. They're fugitives. I haven't seen this episode. I haven't seen a lot of Star Trek, but I, I've seen this episode. And there's just like men that are fugitives on the planet because they don't want to embrace the female dominated government. Like that's an OK storyline for an episode. But if that becomes the dominant cultural norm for everything, it doesn't make sense because it doesn't apply to to society. Just like if everything is male, yeah, that doesn't apply. But if everything be, it becomes female because you think everything's already male, so let's flip it the other way, that also doesn't apply. Star Wars was good because it played on the strong black and white. I mean, that's the fundamental uh, nature of Star Wars. It's good and evil, right? It's the it's the Jedi and then it's the dark side, the Sith. It's dark and light. So if you get if you get rid of one of those things or you amplify one to the point where the other one disappears, then it doesn't make any sense. And it, no matter how much money you put into it and how much promotion, it's going to be a big bowl of feces and nobody wants to eat it. Nobody wants to watch it. I mean, I thought one of the most powerful female images was when Leia watched Alderaan blown up. And, 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 and right. Like remember that scene, probably one of the most classic famous scenes. I thought that took a pretty strong woman to watch your whole planet be blown up, but apparently right. that, that wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough though for the politically correct crowd. It wasn't good enough for a, for a woman to withstand the death of everybody on her home planet to watch the whole thing blow up and not give away the, the, uh, the details of the resistance. But no, we had to get rid of that and we need to have a woman. Let's, that's I think they're thinking in the writers. Let's have a woman who has no experience, but she'll just she'll pick up a lightsaber and she'll know about everything and she'll be able to she'll be able to, you know, she'll go to the island, get Luke Skywalker. And he's he's there because he's afraid and he's sucking milk out of the tit of some kind of creature. And uh, some, someone's like, yeah, this, this is are you writing this down? This is fantastic. This is we're going to win a lot of awards for this. So milk out of tit. All right. What's next? OK, show. So, okay, so she already has the powers, but she doesn't know she has them. Okay, and it just goes on like that, and 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 then they they write a check for a hundred million dollars. I think that's really what they do because you can't, you have to be making this stuff this badly intentionally. Yeah, or you you know, you 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 have the uh, you know when Le- Leia dies, you know, because uh, she was in command of this whole rebel fleet force. You have uh, it taken over by, and this is pure battle time by a lady with purple hair where she's in a gown dress <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. commanding the rest of the, the Rebel Alliance. Hey, if somebody can tell me how Leia got back on that ship, I, I, I that was probably the most confusing part of the of the whole trilogy. She gets blown out into space and then she just floats back in a bubble. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Mike D with me. There's a lot more after this. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
you're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.com thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. All right, three minutes of break, and I still can't figure it out. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how Princess Leia made it back into the ship after she was blown out from a blast of a Star Destroyer. I don't know. Did you figure that out, Mike? I'm being serious. I don't understand what that was supposed to mean. Yeah, someone wrote that in the script and said, well, shouldn't she die there? And they, they needed a more dramatic ending for her death <laughs> or no death. So they decided, let's put a force bubble around her so she can just survive and in, in space. Yeah, that made a lot yeah. of sense. A lot of sense. I mean, when you yeah. got, when you have this this purple haired woman flying the ship or something, then I mean, that I guess it all makes sense. Yeah, when you're the commander of uh, you know the Rebel Alliance now, and you're wearing a gown, 
you got purple hair and uh, a star destroyer firing on your ship. Yes, uh, it makes total sense. And I love when you know? people tell me things like with the John Boyega, they're like, "Oh, you don't like black people." I'm like, "Why? Why does everything have to be about race with you?" That's exactly what Democrats and the KKK used to do. Everything was about race. It's not about race. It's not about women. I like Laura Dern. I liked her in Jurassic Park when I watched it. That's like one of the most iconic movies in my childhood. I remember Laura Dern. I don't like Laura Dern with purple hair controlling a, a, a ship and then blowing herself up to save the, the, you know, the princess who just got blown out of the ship and then got sucked back in with the four. It just, none of it. It's like Star Wars is almost like, hey, possibly, maybe in 10,000 years we could be there. But they've made it so unrealistic now it's it's just it's just as bad as any of these other comic book movies coming out. It's it's freaking horrific. There's not even an, there's not even traditional archetypes. They've just destroyed all of it. You were telling me that one yeah. of the one of the scripts weren't even finished, right? And then they they had another director come in and they just it's like a mix and mash of all these things. Yeah, J.J. Abrams took over for Ryan Johnson uh, from the second to the third one, and it was just a. Two different directors, two different ideas of where that where it was going, uh, just made no sense at all. You would think as, as, as with Disney, but someone told me also this, and I don't know if it's true or not, that the actual revenue from Star Wars uh, is it's almost like Disney doesn't really care about Star Wars. They kind of just bought it to, to buy it. Yes, but yeah. yet it's not it's not really on their radar which makes no sense to me uh, considering that it could make them a lot of money, but it, it's just, it's very, very bizarre what they've done to star Wars. You think spending all, at least, at least spending all that money, you would, uh, you know, make sure that uh, if you're going to do, uh, you know, a trilogy that you would have the scripts done and there would be a, a full arcing storyline uh, before you, uh, you know, hire one director uh, fire another director or another director signs on. You know how confusing that would get to the script that there's not a complete script for the trilogy? Like, why would you do that? No, exactly. And I feel like, you know what it's like? It's like when you have, you ever watch pigs be fed and then the farmer, farmer comes over with a big thing of slop and just pours it in the trough and the pigs are just like tripping over each other and, you know, nibbling at each other trying to get to the slop. That's what it's like. I'm not saying Star Wars is slop, but I'm saying Star Wars was really nice, and the, I mean, the, the, a lot of issues with it, of course, but Star Wars was nice. They put it in the trough, and then all these people just come out of the woodwork. I'm going to get a piece of that. I'm going to get a piece of that, a piece of that. I'm going to tell my own story, and they just t- completely and absolutely obliterated it. And they basically just took the Death Star, and they, they blew it up. And, and now it's just like fl- fragments of it floating out there, and Disney does whatever they want with it. But it's not just Star Wars. It, it's the same ideology being crammed into everything on Netflix and Hulu uh, it, virtually everything we watch, everything we, we listen to now is filled with the same types of ideologies where it's more about how, well, what sex is the force? What gender is the force? The force isn't a sex or a gender. It's in everything. It's like panpsychism. It, it, it's, not a, it's not a physical male or female thing. It's an energy. It, 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 what do you mean the force is female? That doesn't make any sense at all. Exactly. It's like character development, thinking first of uh, sexuality and gender lines before you even know what the character is about. <laughs> right. The, the right. character has to be, uh, and this has to. We need a black female, and she has to be one of the inquisitors, even though in the comic book uh, and the canon 
and anything else. There, there was no black inquisitor. And even if you're gonna, even if you're gonna have a whatever inquisitor, how she they were mostly how she they were talk- mostly a lot of them were like mostly aliens. There were there was no uh, there wasn't even a lot of human inquisitors. Well, I th- I thought it was interesting that the inquisitor before before this uh, this uh, the, uh, this black lady, what was her name? Uh, Reva, yeah. her name. Reva Savender, Moses Ingram. I don't think she's necessarily a terrible actress, but the the way that they portrayed her character, like, because you know they selected specifically, a, they, well, we got to have a black actress. I don't think she, Moses right. Ingram Ingram is necessarily a bad actress. I think she was, I would pick, honestly, I'd pick her over Adam Driver. He was horrific in the, in the, in the Star Wars the series, the new movie series. But, you know, they make, they made her look, like weak and pathetic in another in another different way than they made Obi One look weak and pathetic, and if the whole intention is to just make characters look weak and pathetic, it's no wonder these TV shows and movies tank because people don't want to see weak and pathetic, and people don't want to see traditional stories completely obliterated, and they don't want to see archetypes eliminated because otherwise we have no reason to care about the characters or the storyline. And, it, you know, another thing that doesn't make any sense is I don't understand how Darth Vader is so powerful and he can sense that she's going to come up behind him and hit him with a lightsaber and cut off his head yeah. or something, right? But he yeah. he doesn't know when he goes to stop the ship in the little rebel enclave that they're actually in another ship. I don't understand. They're just sitting right next to each other. He couldn't feel that that, that Obi-Wan, who he, he could sense just being on a Star Destroyer, he's in the same room now with him, and there's a ship there and another ship there, and he doesn't know which ship he's on. That doesn't make any sense. That's not Darth Vader. That's some weak, pathetic pussy. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you get enough force to stop the first ship from leaving, and the <laughs> yes. second ship breaks off of it, but you don't stop, you can't stop that ship, and then there it goes. Bye-bye. Plus, when he pulled that shit, pan, pan, pan to Vader, heavy breathing. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, when they exactly when they mess up, they just go back to the original George Lucas audio bits. Could you do? Can you can you imagine? Can you imagine some of these the, the meeting writers? Let's say okay, so the other the ship just got away. Let's raise his fist and kind of like point it uh, up and say, <laughs> "Kenobi." Yeah, that's a great idea. And then finally, someone was like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's not put that in there." Can you imagine some of the like oh. Like, uh, you know, it was probably so bad that even some of the more horrible things were, were left out. Well, you know, oh, that's actually that's actually a great point. I didn't think of that. And that makes me also feel as if, you know, a, a, a lot of it, that, that means it could be way worse than it really is. So what are these people doing? <laughs> how, 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 and they're how getting they, they're getting paid for it. And they're getting paid for it. Exactly. How can the start? I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Was it did they show up to this base? In the Obi Wan series, and again, by this point, you know it's probably too late. But I've told uh, told you a couple times tonight. This there's going to be some spoilers for the Obi Wan series. But Mike, the it, when they came to this rebel, uh, kind of like a rebel base, it was like a hideout. Um, did they come in a star destroyer? Did they Empire? Cause it was a pretty big ship, wasn't it? Uh, when they came to that base, they were in some some ships that they got from um, the other planet they were on. Um, transport ships. No, but I'm saying so they weren't. Dar- Darth Vader didn't he come in a bigger ship though? Like didn't? The- oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he came because Darth Vader has his own. Yeah, Star Destroyer. So, so the Star Destroyer couldn't have just basically, in contemporary terms, nuked the base. They didn't have some yeah, an, totally. ion, an ion cannon on board or something. Totally, the the Star Destroyer could have just blown everything up there. 
and just ended it. Ended it. Kenobi, everyone is dead. Well, Kenobi's definitely going to be one of those dead. But <laughs> I mean, cons- <laughs> con- considering that you can you can talk th- through a nuclear blast door, you can whisper through it. Hey, can you, Kenobi? Can you hear me? Considering that you can talk through it without right. any kind of audio equipment, right. I mean, they could have just <laughs> thrown some rocks at it. It would have collapsed. Yeah, yeah sitting to, uh, sitting next to another, other officers and with a microphone saying, turn left there, <laughs> keep walking straight, yeah. you're almost there, she's in room 16A. <laughs> or the fact that they made... They made that scene like the, the the security was all over this woman when she came into the the the, the Empire base. You know, they barely right. barely let her in, and then she's being like accosted by several other people as she goes through. This guy in that room comes up to her. He's like, "What? What? You know, who are you? What's your name?" And and then she has to like choke him out or something, do the sleeper hold on him, right? And I don't understand how the the Empire is. They're very strict on security, but somehow Obi Wan and Princess Leia can just walk through the security checkpoint basically in a, in a trench coat and nobody sees that there's clearly a little girl walking in this trench coat with him. I don't, I don't like, it's not, it's not funny. It's just like, am I supposed to believe what an insult to, to my intellect and to the star Wars fans? Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, I mean, there's content creators just making a living off these, the horrible, uh, Disney, Star Wars movies, Disney Marvel movies. I mean, um, I don't know if this was like a, a bone to throw out there, but Chapek, who took over for Iger, um, get, recently got signed to a, a three-year extension. Uh-huh. And right after he got signed to a three-year extension, he fired, I think the guy's first name is David. His last name is Rice. And he was one of these woke uh, script writers that they had on board. mm and he was fired. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's just to show, try to save face, you know, for the negative coverage they're getting in social media for these things. And say, hey, look, we fired one of these. But then again, like you just said, but maybe this was uh, green-lighted uh, beforehand with Kenobi being alluded to as being bi in this novel. <laughs> he's, um, he's bi now, yeah. So, like, it's just so confusing to me, dude. But I think we know what the agenda is, and I think firing this, David Rice guy was just, uh, you know, to try to throw, you know, the sheep out to the wolves, which uh, it's not working for so, me. So, yeah. So is the whole Obi Wan Anakin thing? Is this like with with Darth Vader? Is this like a love triangle? Actually, it's not really about him being, you know, Anakin being his his Padawan. It's it's more like a love triangle. Is that what? Because that's what it seems like they're alluding to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, that, I, I don't know if Mike, this is a fact Mike, or not, but they said that it's Kenobi got, I don't know if this is true or not because I haven't researched it, but um, I think I heard that season two Kenobi got picked up. I think Kennedy made some announcement. I'm not sure I'd have to research that, but what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you even talk about there? <laughs> yeah. Where do you go from there with that? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know where you go from there. I, I feel he's like he's going to leave. He's going to again, abandon his mission from Yoda again, and leave the planet to go on some adventure. Oh, I've got to go now. Uh, good luck to you, Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker. I'm going to let your uncle watch you. <laughs> so, so they've got, you've, so basically you've got Luke Skywalker, who is a very powerful Jedi, who has to overcome fear to even become a Jedi, let alone become a powerful Jedi. And he's terrified, and he's in, you know, basically a hut on an island hiding out. And then Obi-Wan, who is also a powerful Jedi, 
he's hiding out because he's scared. And then when he gets a mission to protect Luke, he decides, no, I'm going to go protect Leia and let this little girl, however old she is, eight years old, boss me around like some Disney Channel brat, which, as you said earlier, doesn't even make any sense because Leia got the way she was over, you know, uh, a, a short, but a relative, a, a rel- relatively short, but a, but a lifetime of dealing with what she dealt with. It wasn't just an eight-year-old girl. So I don't understand. It's like they don't have character. It's not, it's not just bad writing. They don't even have story development. They don't have character development. And I mean, it's like some actors and actresses in these things, they're good. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I thought Daisy Ridley was good as Ray. I didn't necessarily like her character, but I thought as an actress, she was good. I thought, I, fine, you want to have a black stormtrooper? Have, have 10 black stormtroopers. I don't care. But John Boyega, I don't think was the actor to play that part. Now, that's my opinion. The issue comes about when people need to make it for some reason about race. Oh, you don't like him because he's black. No, I just don't think he's a great actor. I also didn't think Adam Driver is a very good actor. He looks pretty white to me. I liked Oscar uh, Isaac. I liked Poe's character. I, I, I don't understand why everything has to be reduced to race as a critique. But furthermore, the, the issue comes because Disney and other production companies that make other movies... They're from the start making it about race and gender and sex as if that's the only thing that matters. And then when people critique the poor choices that they're making, which they're making intentionally to fill a quota, like some kind of LGBTQ affirmative action, then they have that as a tool and as a defensive weapon to say, you don't like what we're doing because you don't like black people. It's like they're using them as as house Negroes for Disney. For sure. And again, nothing against uh, Moses who played Reva. I mean, again, I thought she was I, I okay was as an actress, but not the well, character. I thought I thought it was horrible acting. But again, it's her the lines that she's giving in the, the character also. But uh, I'm not sure if any. And you know, to your point, I'm not sure if someone else could actually get in there and say the same lines and and um, the same script writing and do a better job either. I, <laughs> right, right. I just thought the character was written that poorly, where I don't think you could even say face with it. But um, you know, again, uh, I was seeing uh, marketing and merchandising for Reva as an action figure. Look, the Reva action figure will be available in one week. Oh, yeah. Get yours now. And I can tell you, uh, you know, that they didn't sell because uh, Hasbro has a website that puts out these figures. And what they do is they also do um, they do uh, these pre-release figures where... If you want to see them made, if you want to see this figure or this item made, then you pledge to it, right? And they get enough pledges, uh, and they tell you how much it is that's going to cost uh, for you to buy it. They get enough pledges that you're going to buy it. They'll manufacture it. So they had, uh, and this has been successful for many toys. They've done Transformers and G.I. Joe's and all that kind of stuff. And so they had Reva there, her lightsaber that she had, you know, that double-bladed one. Yes. Hey, this is Reva's lightsaber. Uh, all sure, they you, flew all off the shelf. 3, yeah, all, you, all we need is 3,000 pledges for $200, because that's, that's how much it's going to be your cost, and we'll make it. And uh, they needed, like, 3,000 uh, pledges or 5,000 pledges, pledges, and they only got, like, 1,000 people. It totally failed, <laughs> and they just had to remove it, uh, because people weren't interested in it. I'm sure. And I could have told you that. I could have told you that. I'm sure that all the the black mothers and black fathers across the United States are going to be running out for Christmas to get the Reva Savander action figures if they can find them. I'm sure those are the hot ticket item this year. 
Well, they won't be finding a Hasbro Pulse because it's removed. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's 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 like sad. Like I'm not even a huge Star Wars fan, but I see that what Star Wars is easy to talk about because it's so it's literally black and white. It, nothing could be simpler in terms of a story and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy than green and red, you know, black, red robes. And then, you know, Jedi's that are kind of like white, brown. It's like you can, it's clear to see who the bad guy and the good guy is. So star Wars is easy to talk about, but this is, this is a microcosm. I mean, star Wars is huge though. It's a macrocosm, but it's a microcosm of the macrocosm of entertainment in particular and how basically Soviet realism and trite ideology is replacing merit and true artistic skill uh both in everything from art direction and i mean i i can watch movies with computer generation and think they're good but a lot of this crap is just like who's making this this just looks like somebody in film school learned how to make something on a screen and they're just really proud of it so they keep they keep making a lot of it it's horrible hire somebody who knows what they're doing stop hiring people because they fill a quota because that's what they're doing it doesn't make any sense exactly i mean people are so connected to star wars that when uh the mandalorian came out and kind of gave that redemption arc to skywalker coming back as a badass destroying all those those robots people you know fan reactions people were crying they were crying Uh, they couldn't believe it because disney destroyed that character so badly in the last Jedi. Um, you know what you have? You, you have a really hateful person. And if you have a group of people who have this ideology, who share this ideology, if they look at something, think about it like this. If, you, if they, if they go into, they buy star Wars and they go into star Wars and they're looking at the characters and they're thinking, okay, what can we do with Luke Skywalker? If their intention is to, to put him into a demeaned, degraded position because he's a, He's a male lead character that shows you that the people that are responsible for this, which is clearly what they've done. These are really, really bad people. These are really, really sick, mentally ill, maybe even retarded, but most likely brainwashed by left progressive communist Marxist, more so Marxist ideology. If your goal is to demean a male character because they're male and then to I don't even know if there's a word to describe it, but I guess the best way to, to, to state it is to disingenuously overplay a female character for the same reason. You are not only disingenuous, you're a piece of garbage and you need to be fired from your job. And someone who knows what they're doing needs to do that job from now on. These are bad people. Agreed. Man. Agreed. And I think, again, uh, as you said in the beginning, this is, uh, this is a narrative by a corporation. Yes. That in the past has done very, very, very sketchy things, um, pushed and very uh, got into politics and pushed certain agendas. Um, so we're dealing with a corporation here, which uh, is uh, not not a good corporation, as we've seen with many of these corporations from Goodyear putting out the anti-white uh, propaganda, uh, from uh, Mars Corporation, uh, from many of these Starbucks, uh, I mean, Coke, Pepsi you've got these corporations again, pushing this communist and I would say it, a Marxist communist agenda, which it is, you know, and Disney's one of them. They absolutely are. In fact, I was just, uh, I was reading that article about Obi-Wan who is apparently now bisexual. And, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to come out with a line of bisexual Obi-Wan dolls. Are they going to 
you know, is he going to have like rainbow robes or a rain? How about a rain, a rainbow lightsaber? Now that would sell. Yes. All the combined colors and, and, you know, one rainbow lightsaber. Yeah. I'm going to patent that real quick before Disney can get their greedy hands on it. A rainbow lightsaber. It comes out, looks like a bag of Skittles. (laughs) Again. Yeah. That's uh, Skittles. And it doesn't even, it doesn't even. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I said, yeah, exactly. Uh, these, again, these corporations push, pushing out this narrative and agenda, um, you know, brainwashing uh, the youth, you know, where they, where people are seeing this time and time on TV that you can go into a CVS and steal and, and, oh, yeah. states and just oh, walk yeah. and just walk out. Oh, I can steal. Well, I'm going to steal. It's kind of like that, uh, you know, uh, the Beavis and Butthead uh, new movie that came out, which is hilarious. And also it's got a lot of anti-woke stuff in it where Beavis and Butthead are uh, walking to some college class. And that lady is explaining to Beavis and Butthead that they have white privilege and <laughs> Beavis and Butthead say, really we do. And so they say that, you know, you can you know, find better jobs. You can take whatever you want. Uh, you won't get pulled over by the police. So, Beavis and Bud saying now realizing they have white privilege, just go into the school cafeteria, start stealing things, eating, go steal. They steal a cop car because they, they they have white privilege, so they they, they don't get pulled over or harassed by the police. <laughs> I didn't see that. I was never a big Beavis and Butthead fan, but this is um, this is brand new. This just I know, came out. I know. We just released a new movie. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you the clip because it is absolutely hilarious. Okay, all right. I was thinking this. Uh, thinking this rainbow lightsaber. It could, it, you know that classic. You know, sound. Uh, instead of that, we're going to get rid of that. The rainbow lightsaber has to be a little bit more flamboyant. You know, so maybe when you wave it, yeah. it's got like a gay guy going "Hey" as you wave it back well, and hello forth. There. Hello, yeah, you wave it. Hello there, as you're waving this. I don't know. That's my. That's my. I'm sure Disney would jump right on that. Yeah, another aspect of that too. Uh, before we run out of time here, is that um, yes. so the backlash for Kenobi was very strong, right? And people were just criticizing, again, kind of how we're criticizing um, character development, scripts, graphics. And so uh, Disney take it that, oh, well, there's a uh, racist don't like uh, <laughs> Kenobi. And that's the reason why. The, so actually, uh, then, the unfortunately, the uh, Moses Ingram kind of said that she got some racist tweets from people. Uh, probably from the thousands and thousands of just critiquing maybe you had maybe what two or three jackasses that actually said something to her about a race, uh, well, probably some 12 year old in their parents' too. basement, Twitter, uh, Twittering. Yeah, exactly. So, and then Kenobi, the, uh, the actor that plays, uh, Kenobi, uh, what's his name? Um, I forget. Oh, uh, Ian, 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 something, Ian, uh, McGregor. Ian bisexual, by bisexual McGregor. Yes. Um, yes. Said that you know, as Star Wars fans, we shouldn't be uh, racist. <laughs> and people are like, "What are you? Ta- what are you talking about?" I mean, first, first of all, if you want to talk about racism, if you watch Star Wars, remember when Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan in the original movies they go into the bar, and a guy comes over and he's like, "He doesn't like you. I don't like you either." That's probably some some galactic racism. You don't think racism would exist in a Star Wars universe? There has to be racism. There's like millions of different aliens. They're not all going to get along. This guy's got green right. skin. This guy's like two foot tall. This one's a weasel. This one's a rat. This one's a big fat guy. You know, I, I, I there isn't there going to be like this idea that discrimination doesn't exist. That should be a that should actually be part of 
the, the Star Wars universe. We're talking about an entire galaxy or maybe even more going into other dimensions. And all. You're going to find people that don't like you because of your skin color, because of your tentacles or whatever, or your well, antennas. It's, to- it's, it's totally in Star Wars because the Empire didn't hire aliens. It was exactly. all human. Exactly. Exactly. And by the Empire, those are the bad guys. And the good guys are made up of freaking everybody. That's the, right. So once again, there, there's something that's subtly there as a subconscious and as an archetypical thing to show Empire bad, Rebels good. And there's some crossover philosophy there where, you know, maybe some things the Rebels do aren't great and some things the Empire does is, is actually good. But generally speaking, you know who the good guys are and you know who the bad guys are. But if you're intending to take a powerful male or female character and intentionally degrade them, demean them, and destroy their their part or their character, and then the, for the female intending to build it up to something that it's not, which makes no sense. Like, listen, I'm not saying you need a 30-episode story arc of Goku training on this pod before he goes and fights. Okay, I don't need 30 episodes of him training, but at least give me like, Give me like a half hour of 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 Ray learning what she's doing instead of just jumping right into it. Give me a whole episode. It doesn't make any sense, and that's that's the problem with both Star Wars and anything else. They're they're intending to make it as horrible as possible because that is Soviet realism. That is the communist Marxist model. You want to live basically t- turning Star Wars into what a lot of major American cities are: trash, homelessness, drugs, and crime. And they're turning the whole plot and the whole ideology and the whole archetype and everything behind Star Wars into those four things. Trash, homelessness, crime, and just absolute filth everywhere you look. Homelessness, etc. It's the same ideology behind it. They, it's like they want to live in squalor. I don't get it. Right. Well, remember one, one last thing here, too, on my end, yeah. too. It's like, um, you know, uh, this whole thing, how you can identify as anything you want to. If you remember in uh, The Last Jedi the last scene where that old lady says, and she says when she's burying the lights, she's like, who are you? And she's like, I am a Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'm like thinking about, no, you aren't. You're Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you can identify as anything you want to be. She's a, <laughs> she, she's, she's a Skywalker. That's a fantastic, that's a fantastic point. And then you always have to be on the defensive. You're like, no, I just didn't really, I didn't really like, you know, John Boyega's character like and then you have to think am I racist did I like Billy D. Williams I didn't have an issue with him what about you know for, was it Forrest Whitaker I didn't have an issue with him uh, uh, Earl Jones James Earl Jones I didn't have an issue with him so it's just like this guy oh it's because I don't think he's a good actor oh so it's it's it's, it's merit that's what it should be yeah, based no, you on you want to know who the real racists are the real racists are is Disney itself absolutely because uh, for the posters and the, and the uh, promo materials when they were trying to sell the movie to China, and they had, uh, 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 what's his name, the John guy, the black Finn. guy, on the posters, uh, China said, no, you make him oh. smaller, you put him in the background. <laughs> I and forgot Disney about that. ended up changing the posters for China. So who are the real racists? I forgot about that. Oh, my God, you're right. I've completely forgot about that. Maybe if we could just like change, maybe we could just like do some fantasy Star Wars and trade some of these actors and characters. You know, let's just like let's trade Diego Luna and Felicity Jones to one of these other series, and we'll get rid of John Boyega and, and, and Adam Driver. If we could just like mix and match the good and the bad, the, the good parts of the bad, and the get rid of the bad parts of the good, we, we could make a much better film, much better TV sh- series, a much better script. Let's let's 
Let's totally. do things based get, on merit. Get rid of all those. Uh, get rid of the directors, too, who have destroyed the script writers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're destroying the archetypes, and that's what this is really all about. And the force is not female. The force is the force. It, it's in everything. Male, female, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's like saying the force is also uh, sexist. If oh, it's, it's just picking women. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, may the farce be with you, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. And all of you listening, thank you so much. TheSecretTeachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. TheSecretTeachings.info, our archive, montages, digital books. Subscribe today. Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the broadcast. Uh, yes, thank you. Everybody have a good night. All right, may the farce be with you. I, I think what's happening is they're trying to set the human intellect and communication and common sense to default so people like George Carlin said are just smart enough to pull the levers and push the buttons, but not intelligent enough to to address real issues. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast.